see you guys. Happy New Year. We're starting a series called Winning. And um, really, when you think about the whole, the whole concept of winning in Christianity, uh, you know, sometimes in our minds, those things, those two don't go together. Winning and Christianity. Um, but the reality is, when, when Jesus came to this earth and the words that he spoke and the way that he lived, he was winning. Right? I mean, wasn't he? Wasn't he winning, accomplishing his purpose, his mission? Wasn't he winning by helping people and loving people and caring for people? I mean, he had this, this mindset and this lifestyle that was, you know, I mean, from day to day he could be like, yes, I accomplished what I needed to today. You know what I mean? But, but sometimes I think we as Christians end up with the wrong mindset and, and we look at life in the wrong way, and we don't feel like we're winning. You know, last I, last I read, uh, the Bible tells us that we are above and not beneath, that we're the head and not the tail. You know, that we are going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. You know, and, and when I look across the landscape of Christianity, sometimes I don't feel like we really believe that. Sometimes I don't feel like, we, we are ahead, and, and we're, we're moving in the right direction. And if we were to ask ourselves that question, am I, you know, am I moving in the right direction in my faith? Am I closer to God today than I was last year at this time? You know, do I know him more? Am I, am, I, am I doing the things that God has called me to do to be successful? Am I, am I set up for victory in my life? Am I making Jesus' name famous? So, I want to I start a series today. We're going to start a series, at least for this month, that talks about winning and, and outlines and identifies uh, the principles from God's Word to help us deal with life's problems. You know, last I, last I, I checked, you know, a, a lot of us are dealing with problems. You know, I, I talk to people, I talk to people, and, and there's a lot of people like, this is a terrible year, 2016. You look on Facebook, people are like, you know, sayonara 2016, peace out. I can't believe we're finally through it. It's been a tough year for some people. You know, maybe for you it was a, it was a successful year. Praise God. That's amazing. You know, but for a lot of people, 2016 was a great, great challenge. So I want to start off by asking a question. How many people are happy it's 2017? Yeah. How many people are going to miss 2016? <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Uh, you know, it did it did present. Uh, it was a year full of challenges. Uh, some of us had some more challenges than others, and um, we're through it. We made it through, right? And I'm supposed to have. I'm looking for my scripture here, but yep, there they are. Found them. We'd be in trouble without them. All right, so. Listen, when we, when we came here today, you know, many of us didn't come alone. We, we came with our stuff. We came with, with our problems, with our baggage, with, with junk, if you, if, uh, you know, for lack of a better word. And it's not really a fun thing to have. Uh, you know, you can look at the person to your right and to your left, whether you know them or not, and the, the chances are they probably got stuff they're dealing with. They've got problems they're facing, struggles that are ongoing, you know. Uh, I, I want to say very plainly here, we don't have to pretend that we're not working through stuff, you know. 
We don't have to pretend like the, you know, the Christian smile that, uh, that nothing's wrong in life. You know, we, we can be real uh, and, and uh, you know, talk to people that we trust and care about and care about us about what's going on in life. And as we feel comfortable about it, we don't have to pretend here. But the chances are there's people around you that brought some stuff into this place today that they would love to be free from. And maybe that stuff, you know, they thought about it last night before they went to bed. Maybe it's the first thing that uh, they think about when they wake up. You know, you know maybe it's, it's just, it's that thing that it's prolonged. It's, it's been around for a while and you just don't know where, where is this thing going because I'd like to be through it. Maybe it's scary stuff. It could be, you know, health issues, financial issues, career issues, relationship issues. It could be scary things like, this is a big, big deal in my life. How in the world do we deal with problems? And my observation is Christians don't deal with problems well. And so we want to talk about how, how is it that, you know, that we can, we can face the things that we are struggling with head on and keep winning. We can keep winning in the midst of our struggles. You know, we can keep winning in the midst of setbacks and, and problems in life. I'm convinced of it. And we see this in Jesus' life. Here's Jesus. You know, he's got friends betraying him, yet he's winning. You know, he, he's going to the cross, yet he's winning. You know, he's, he's doing the things that, that he's called to do. He has joy. He has peace. You know, he's leading people. He's influencing people. He's got, you know, the people he came to reveal himself to, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. Yet he's winning. You know? And I'm convinced in the same fashion that we uh, can do the same. And the good news is God provides real solutions in his word. Because, you know, his word, the principles are timeless. And, and the principles and promises in his word apply to us just as much as today, just as much today as they did years ago. So I want to start off with a verse that sort of will lay the foundation um, for our series. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verse 6, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And it says this, this is Moses speaking to the people of Israel. He's getting ready to die. He knows it. He's not going into the promised land. And this is what Moses says to the people. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. In this case, them was the people on the other side, the people who occupied the promised land. But we could put our, our situation in that. What are them for us? It's our problem. It's, it's, our, it's the things that oppose us. It's the challenges we face in life. And he's saying, don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And what we see in this verse is powerful. We see a challenge and we see a promise. And the challenge is this. You don't have to be afraid when you're facing stuff that you don't want to face. You can be strong in the midst of that. You can be courageous in the midst of the fact that you're facing stuff that you're really not comfortable facing. If you had your way, you wouldn't face it at all. You know, if we, if we had an easy button, you know, in life, we'd be pressing that all the time. But it's just not, it doesn't work that way. Life is not that way. Life happens to us. Life happens for us. Life happens against us sometimes. And so the challenge is that we can be strong and courageous in the midst of our trials. 
strong and courageous in the midst of our challenges. We can be. And, and so there's the challenge. The promise is this. As we trust God, that verse goes on to say this. The Lord your God goes with you. What a promise. I mean, I think we take the, that fact lightly. You know, we, we, would, we could easily say, you know, if Jesus is here, Jesus was here, it wouldn't be such a big problem because he'd fix it. Well, he is. You know, the Lord your God goes with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. And it should be comforting to us if we really believe this, that we don't have to face our problems alone. We, we don't have to face the challenges of life alone. And in that, I believe that we could be winners. And so uh, that, that's the basis for our, our message. So, so instead of standing strong, though, a lot of times we struggle. I mean, you know, some people flip out and lose it over the smallest of issues, the things that rise in their lives. I mean, the reality is some of us have faced some major things in life. And some of us are facing some major things right now at this very moment. And how do we respond? Sometimes it's small things, and we don't do well at responding. Our response is not based on faith. It's not based on our trust in God. It's not based on our relationship. We sort of, we sort of take it on as our own issue. We feel all alone, and, and we're looking at it like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to suck it up and get through this. You know, and the reality is that is not a biblical perspective. That is not a hope-giving perspective. That is not God's plan as we face problems in life, as we face challenges in life. So, so um, I want to start off by some of the myths that we believe, many people believe, as it relates to the problems that we face. I have three of them. I'll go through them very quickly. But there's myths that people believe. And let me just tell you the title of my message because I think this will help uh, set the framework for the rest of the series and help you understand where I'm going. The title of my message is this, What Not to Do When You Have Problems. Okay? What not to do when you have problems. So here's some of the myths that people believe as it relates to the problems that they face. The first one is this. Life should be problem-free. I became a Christian, you know? Uh, you know, isn't, isn't, it, isn't it true when you become a Christian that you don't have to face any problems? You, you don't have to have any, you know, opposition or challenges. Life doesn't have to be hard anymore. Well, I don't know what you are promised, but someone gave you some Kool-Aid. You know, I don't think, I don't think uh, that was ever part of God's plan. But some people sort of, either they believe that or they think that way. You know, like, if this, how could this be happening to me? Why in the world is this happening to me? It's called life. It's called life. That's what happens. Life happens. So, so a myth is that life should be problem-free. Here's a verse to help us uh, establish a proper framework for life and problems. Jesus said this. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You see, Jesus wants us to have his peace in the midst of our troubles. Somehow that, that peace evades us. It eludes us. It avoids us. And we don't have it. 
So we've got to find a way to get that. I've told you these things so that you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Do you see that? This is what Jesus said. He didn't say life was going to be problem free. He said in this world you're going to have trouble. In this world you're going to face opposition. You're going to have challenges and struggles and disappointments. You're going to have people that you love turn their back on you. You're going to have people let you down. You're going to let people down. You know? Things are going to happen that you would have never planned in a million years. It just happens that way. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So, so he's saying, in exchange for this trouble, I want to give you my peace. And so we've got to figure out, how do, how do I get a hold of that? How do I, ta- how do I tap in to that peace that Jesus is promising? Well, one thing he's not promising is that life should be problem free. So that's one myth. The second myth is God causes the problems in my life. It's a myth. It's not true. God does not cause the problems in your life. And, and this is how you figure out, even, this is how you figure out if someone thinks that way. They may not use that word, those words like, God is doing this to me. They may think, say things like, well, I must have done something wrong. Or God is mad at me. Or he's punishing me. And so, in essence, what they're saying is who God is is reflecting on me. And because of this, I'm experiencing trouble. I'm experiencing problems. Life stinks because God is mad at me or God is punishing me. Now, let me just tell you something. If you believe this, it's going to be very hard for you to get to the place. It's going to, it's going to be hard for you to get to the place of trusting God with your problems. It's going to be hard to get to the place of changing from a losing mindset to a winning mindset when you face problems. But it can be done because it's really, it's really about a mindset. It's a myth that God is causing the problems in your life. And, and I find that this is one of the important points related to this myth, that you have to know who you are in Christ. You know, uh, the enemy is, is working overtime to convince you of who you are not. And, and, you know, uh, who you are not and, and um, you know, what you're going through. He's trying to get you to focus on those things. Like, I, I'm not good enough. I, I messed up. You know, um, I, I don't think I'll ever get through this. This is going to bury me, you know. And, and he, so he wants us to focus on who we're not. And he wants us to keep our eyes on the things that we go through in life, the problems. You know, if, you could fi- if he could get you to fix your eyes on the storm instead of the God who is bigger than the storm, he wins. And God, and God wants us to be convinced of who we are and what he's done for us. You see the opposite? Do you, do you see the opposite? The enemy says, you know what? Look at what you're going through and look at who you are. God says, look at who I am and what I've done for you. He, he really wants us to be convinced of who we really are. But, you know, we've been lied to or we've, 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 we've believed a lie. Um, the fact of the matter is, and this is, could be a whole series in itself, you know what? We, we are, if we can really see ourselves the way God sees us, it's amazing. We are a privileged son, a privileged daughter, the apple of his eye. I mean, the, his thoughts towards us are more than the sand that are on the sea. We are his inheritance. You know, we matter to God. We are important. He cares for us. 
He's watching out for us. He's a good father. And, and you know, we, we, we are the focus of his attention. It's not, you know, it's not that we're focused so that he can squash us like a little bug. No, he, he says that he's our protector. He cares for us. He watches over us. And so when we, when we fall into believing that whole myth of God causes the problems in my life, we're missing the point because God is good, and God is good all of the time. He's good all of the time. In fact, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, to bear the wrath and judgment of God. It was poured out on Christ so that we could experience his goodness. See, see, the wrath and judgment was poured out on Christ so that the goodness of God could be poured out on us. He took the wrath so that we could receive the goodness, you know? So, so God is not doing to you what you think may, he may be doing to you. So, so there's three things that we need to know about problems. It's, they happen, but here, here's why. We have an enemy, you know? We live in a fallen world. We have an enemy. We live... In a fallen world, and I've got to look up the last thing that I was talking about. Oh, yeah. We make stupid choices in life sometimes, don't we? We experience problems because of choices we make. You know? I mean, you may want a boat really bad, and you go out and buy it, and then your family's struggling financially. You, you can't blame God for that, right? You can't blame the devil for that. You can blame a stupid choice that you made for that. And so, so yeah, I mean, and you, could, you could plug that whole scenario into your own problem, but the reality is that we do make stupid choices. We have an enemy, we live in a fallen world, and we make bad choices. That's why problems happen in life. That's called life. And so, um, with that said, God is not the one who causes problems in our life. But I do want to say this. This is, this is important to know. God can bring good things out of the problems that we go through. Because he's good like that. So that's the second one. The first one, life should be problem-free. The second one, God causes, again, myth. God causes the problems in my life. And here's, here's the third one. A lot of times we, we get to the point of saying, no one understands my problems. That's a myth. And so we, we get tricked into thinking that we're all alone in our situation. Now, I just read to you a verse that said, Jesus said, you know what, the Lord will go with you, and he'll never leave you or forsake you, but sometimes we just discount that stuff, you know? That's not a big deal for us, right? In the midst of our problems. But, but there's so much more. I want to show you a verse. Hebrews 4, verse 50, verses 15 and 16, powerful verses related to the fact that Jesus, he, he experienced everything that we'll ever experience in life. Look at this. It says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He was tempted in every way. Temptations you'll never experience, he experienced. And he gained victory over them. Now, I, I love this second part of this uh, section, verse 16. It says this, let us then, or as a result of the fact that, that Jesus paved the way before us, he, he went ahead of us, he was successful, uh, he did it, because of that, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, he doesn't say, stay away from me, get away from me, stop bothering me. He's saying, come, come boldly. I can help you. 
I could help you in the midst of your problems. And so sometimes we, we feel all alone. No one understands my problems. Let me go even further by saying not only Jesus understands your problems, but there are people in this room that understand your problems. There are people that have experienced what you ex- are experiencing. You know? The problem is, how do we connect with them? Well, I would say one way of learning what people have gone through in life and gained victory over in their life is by connecting in our connect groups, which uh, Pastor David talked about a few minutes ago. You know, get in a group. If you're just going to Sunday church and you have, uh, you, can, you can break free sometime during the week for an hour or so, you can connect with people whose lives will bless you, whose lives will, will help you. Will, you'll be encouraged. You'll have relationships with people that are going to become vital in your life, and you will find that you're not alone. People have been there, done that, and they can help you through. This is what uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. He says this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. You see that? See, God wants to be a comforter in all your troubles. But it doesn't stop there. It says, why does he comfort us in all our troubles? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So there's people in the, there are people in this room that have been comforted by God, that are set up by God to be a comfort to you. And you just got to gotta, you gotta ask God, connect me with some people that can help me, you know? I, I don't want to be alone. So the, so the third myth is no one understands my problems. That's a myth. People, people have gone through stuff in this life, and they can help you go through your stuff. Good? All right. So those are the myths I wanted to share with you. So here, here uh, are the three points. What not to do when you have problems. Three things. What not to do when you have problems. The first one is this. Don't turn away from God. There is a temptation when people, when people are struggling as opposed to pressing into God, they start turning away from God. They, they start to turn away from God. They, they've, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they want to solve the problem on them, by themselves. Maybe they're mad at God. Maybe they're thinking, well, I tried the God thing and it's not working for me. Now's the time to turn away because I'm struggling. And let me just say something. That is the worst time to turn away from God. Because he is the number one help for you in the midst of your trouble. He's the number one help for you to carry you through, to help you, you know. And, and I, I was thinking through the Old Testament or, or through some of the characters in the Bible, and we see these people amazingly through the worst of troubles, the worst of problems. People like Daniel, I mean, as a young boy, teenager, he's ripped out of his family's home. He's taken into this government, uh, into this government structure. Um, in Assyria, and, you know, he was gifted and all that stuff. It was recognized that he was gifted, but he was away from his family. He was away from his home. He was away from people who knew him and people who loved him. He was all alone, and yet he thrived in the midst of it. How do people like that thrive in the midst of their problems? How do they win in the midst of their problems? David, a young boy, anointed as king, he's getting chased, he's getting chased down, hunting down like a dog. He's living in caves. And in places like that, how do you win in the midst of your problems? They didn't turn their back on God. They turned to God. They turned toward God 
for help. They cried out to God for help. And you could look at David's chronicles in, in the Psalms as it relates to him running from his enemy to spare his life and how he was crying out to God and depending on God to survive. Don't turn away from God. Here's Psalm 46, verse 1. It says this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. We run away from God, we turn away from God, and we sacrifice that, that refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble. We need to turn to God. Um, so, so if you feel like what you're facing right now is too big for you, guess what? It probably is. But, but the wisest thing you could do when you're facing something that's too big for you is to turn to someone who it's, your problem's not too big for, right? As opposed to turning away from him. In James 4, 8, we see this. It says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. So my first thought is this. What, what not to do when you start to face troubles is don't turn away from God. Here's the second thought. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Have you ever run into someone who's bitter at God? You know? They're, they're angry. They're frustrated. They're offended. I'm not trying to make you too bad to be bad people because I've had opportunity to be offended at God. It's what you do with that offense. Offense comes when you expect something that doesn't happen. Right? Or something happens that you feel shouldn't have happened. You were wronged in some way, and you feel like you're the victim. Offense happens. Now, if offense isn't dealt with, unforgiveness comes. And when unforgiveness comes, then bitterness arises. And we see this warning in Hebrews about bitterness. Hebrews 12, verse 15, it says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up and causes up to cause trouble and defile many. You see that bitterness? It doesn't stop with you. It's, it's like a poison that spreads and affects not only you, but those around you, those you interact with, those you relate with, those you're friends with. That bitterness is, is, is horrible. It's poison. And we could, be, we could be bitter toward God if we're not careful. You know? Maybe you're, you're crying out to God and believing God for something. I, I've seen this. I believe God for things that did not come to pass, did not happen the way I expected them to happen. And that's when you just need to go to God and say, God, you know what, I don't understand this, but you know what, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts, you're bigger than me, I don't like how this turned out, I'm not, I'm disappointed, but you know what, I trust you. And you're bigger than me, you're, you're smarter than me, you understand the future and the past. You know, we, we can get disappointed, let me just tell you something, we can get disappointed. But I would encourage you to talk to God about it as opposed to just let something fester in your heart. You see, it's important for us to protect our hearts against disappointments and things related to the things that we expected God to do. Because if we don't, bitterness, bitterness can happen. But I, I want to say this, and I need to emphasize this even though I feel like I've said it already. We cannot blame God for our suffering. I hear this all too often. I hear this all too often. God is doing this to me, or God let this happen. God is good. I need to emphasize that over and over. God is good. Here's, you, you want to know some of the most profound theology in all the Bible? Good God, bad devil. 
if you get that down, you know, sometimes we start fighting against God and, and waving our fist to God. And the reality is the enemy has duped you. He's tricked you. He's deceived you. Because, you know, you're pointing your finger at the wrong person. And we should be getting mad at the devil. We've been given authority over uh, snakes and scorpions and everything that uh, is intended to harm us. And yet we're fighting against the wrong person sometimes. And we should get mad at the devil. We should, we should get righteous anger and say, what is going on here? This is not right. And stand up, you know. But sometimes we just, we, we, we're looking at the wrong person. We need to get mad at the devil, not God. Here's my, here's my last point as it relates to the things not to do when we have problems. The first one is don't, uh, don't turn away from God. The second one, don't get bitter. Here's the last one. Don't give up. You know, I know some of you have been fighting. Some of you have been believing. Some of you have been praying. Pressing into God, crying out to God. And I know sometimes that could get tired. For some of us, we get tired after one prayer. You know? But some of you have been praying for years. And I know at times it's easy to feel like, you know what, what good is it? I mean, what, why bother? I'm not seeing the results I expect. I believe the promise, and, and it's not happening. And you're frustrated because, you know, the things in your life, the problems you're dealing with are not changing. That sickness isn't changing. Your finances haven't changed. You know, that relational stuff hasn't changed. Your marriage isn't any better. You know, that person who you thought was going to be your wife or your husband, you know, it's not changing. And you're like, in the natural, you're like, I just feel like I just got to quit. I, you know, what good is it? What, what, what's going to happen here? And, and so, you know, uh, it's sad, but, you know, as a result, your dreams maybe have died. You know, you've given up. You've given up hope. You've checked out. You threw in the towel and you said, you know what, I, I just, what, what I thought was God telling me that this is where he's taken me. This is what he's going to do in my life. These are the amazing promises over my life. This is where I'm going. This is the gift that he's, he's put in me and he's going he's gonna, to uh, set me up to use this to bring glory to his name. And, and you're just not seeing it happening. In fact, you know, you, you said, God, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And you just, you're just one problem after another in life. And you're frustrated. Let me just tell you something. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, we, we can look in the Bible for people who waited a long time for the promise to come to pass. But guess what? The promise came to pass. You know, in my mind, I think I know the perfect time. I, I could tell God the perfect timing, you know. I'm like, God, you no, know, this is it right here. And then that time comes and goes, and then I'm like, God, you missed it, you know. Well, get, he didn't miss it. He's, he's on top of it. He's in charge. But, but it just doesn't look right to me. We can't give up. Look at what Paul writes related to some of the stuff that he went through in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He says this, 
We are hard-pressed on every side. In essence, he's saying we, we have pressures from every direction in our life. We're facing pressures in our lives. But you've got to love that word, but. But not trust. I'm still breathing. I'm still going forward. I'm still winning. I still have hope. I still have peace. This really, really stinks. But you know what? We're not crushed. We are perplexed. But I'm not in despair. Despair is sort of like hopelessness. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're not alone in this. You know, I know God is with us. God's, God's got our back. He's protecting us. Although persecution is not fun to deal with. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. And Paul's saying, you know, listen, what I'm doing, what I'm called to do, I'm doing. But you know what? I'm facing problems. And I could easily give up, but you know what? I am not giving up because as I press through this stuff, I am winning. I am winning. And God has called us to be victorious, to walk this victorious life. Listen to me. If he sent his son to die for us, if he's so concerned about us, our lives, our relationship with him, even when we were far from him, even when we were sinners, don't you think he cares enough about us to help us through our problems? He does. He's a good God. Listen, we, we can't turn away from him. We can't give up. And, and we, can't, uh, we, we can't get bitter in this process. We need to have faith that God's promises are going to come to pass. So those are the three don'ts um, that, I, that I wanted to share with you. And let me tell you something. I, I'm learning this more and more, that many people really just don't ask God or aren't asking God for help in their troubles. For whatever reason, maybe they don't feel worthy. Maybe they don't feel like he's going to do anything. But he tells us to come boldly to his throne. And let me tell you something else. You can never ask for too much from God. There is no limit to what you can ask for from God. You can never ask for too much. So I would just say, as, as we close today, one of the things I want you to get out of this is, listen, we don't have to pretend to not have problems. But in the midst of our problems, we don't have to walk in defeat. We can be winning. We're going we're gonna to unwrap this, this whole concept, this biblical concept of problems as we move forward. But I want to just sort of take a moment and do some introspection. I'm not going to have anyone stand up. I'm not going to have anyone say anything. But I want you to think about your life for a minute. I want you to think about what you're dealing with because, you know, it's good to know what we're really facing so that we can bring it to God. What would you say the top three problems that you're facing in your life right now are? Maybe you want to write them down. What are the top three things that you are facing right now? Is it, is it based upon some concerns in school? Is it some fears uh, that you're facing related to your career? Is, it, is there some relational struggles that you have? Is finances, are finances killing you still? What are the top three problems? And you can get specific with God. And you might want to write them down or note that in your phone or whatever. Because I would encourage you to begin bringing these to God and say, God, you know what? I need your help. I've sort of accepted these things as they are what they are and this is life and, and all this stuff. But I want to challenge you 
to begin to bring those things to God and ask him, God, would you intervene? Would you fix these things? Would you begin to step in? Would you begin to give me guidance? Would you, at least in the midst of this whole process, show me what I'm supposed to learn here and give me peace? Give me your peace so I can better deal with the problems I face in life. And I would encourage you, as you write that down, think about those, note those in your mind, whatever. Begin to talk to God about that while you're at work, while you're driving, uh, in your quiet times, whatever. But begin to talk to God about them and ask him to speak to you. This is what we're doing. First Peter 5.7, that last verse I shared with you. This is what we're doing. And this is what we're invited to do. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The New Living Translation says it this way. I like this. It says this. Give all your worries and cares to God. Give all your worries and cares to God. He doesn't, you know, shove you away and say, this doesn't matter to me. Get out of here. I don't care. Deal with it yourself. No, he's saying, bring it to me. Bring the stuff that you're dealing with to me because I care for you. And I'm the one who can help you. I want to invite you to stand to your feet as we close today. He's a good God. It's probably not the message you thought you heard, uh, you'd hear on uh, January 1st, 2017. But let me tell you something. After hearing from a lot of people that 2016 was not a great year, lots of problems, lots of struggles, lots of challenges in life, let me tell you something. Because the clock turned from one day to another doesn't mean the problems go away. And we need to know how to deal with this stuff that we're faced with. We need to learn how that we can win in the midst of our struggles. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, today we bless you. We thank you. We say that you're good. And Father, I just lift your people up to them, up to you, Lord, that they may know, Father, Lord, that they may know that there is help, there is hope, there's joy and peace available to them as they live their lives, God. Lord, maybe up to this point they've been bearing their own burdens. They've been bearing their own struggles, carrying their own anxiety and fears. But God, you invite us to cast them upon you. You invite us to give them to you. You invite us to talk to you about them. So Father, today, Lord, we've learned, Lord God, that you're a good God who wants to help us in the midst of our challenges, our troubles, our problems, God. And so I pray that you break through into each and every life, God, my life, the lives of the people here, the families, God, that are represented here, that you begin to break through as we trust you because we know that you are with us, that you go before us, and you'll never leave us or forsake us. I give you all the praise. Lord, help us to adopt a mindset of winning to bring glory to your name. We pray it's in the name of Jesus.